Hello, this is Evan Brand. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me. If you're new to the show, welcome. I'm your host, Evan Brand. I'm a certified functional medicine practitioner and nutritional therapist. I operate worldwide via phone, Skype, FaceTime, whatever it takes, whatever we need to do to chat or to see each other so that we can help you get to the root cause of your health issues. That's what I do. And I've run thousands of tests on people and have found thousands of different infections. I just got off the call with a guy in Alaska of all places, with an H. pylori infection, and he's had gut problems for several years, and in six weeks, we're going to knock it out, and he's going to be so much better, versus if he went to a conventional doctor or a gastroenterologist, and this is what we discussed, too. He said, Evan, what if I uh, go to the conventional doc? What are they going to do? And I said, well, they're going to give you an endoscope, and you can type in endoscope or endoscopy bacterial infection, read the literature yourself, but up to 30% of the time you go into the hospital to get a routine procedure done like an endoscope, you're going to leave with an antibiotic-resistant infection that you picked up because of the bacteria on that device from the last person they stuck the tube down. So that's a big issue, and most of the time it's going to come up with a false negative, meaning if H. pylori was there, they wouldn't find it anyway. And that's why I use DNA PCR-based stool testing because the accuracy is about a thousand times percent better than what the gastroenterologists are doing. And these are people with tons of letters after their name that wear the white coats and they have good intentions. They just have technology that's outdated. And unfortunately, their therapies are outdated for H. pylori as well because the conventional treatment is three, if not four, antibiotics. They call it triple therapy, but now they're calling it quadruple therapy because the three antibiotics, they don't work anymore. I'm sure you've heard about antibiotic-resistant bacteria. The Center for Disease Control themselves says we're now in the antibiotic, they call it the post-antibiotic era, meaning, okay, we did our antibiotics, now what do we do? What's next? And the good thing is with a lot of the herbal formulations I've created, I'm able to eradicate the H. pylori infections 95% of the time in six weeks. Then the other 5% of the time, we have to come in and do a second round of herbs, which is still very benign overall. We're preserving the good beneficial bacteria in the microbiome. The second round always knocks it out if we have to go there, and that's only 5% of the cases. So that's my two cents on H. pylori for the day. Now, today we're talking with my buddy Justin about Clostridia, and you've probably heard of C. diff, Clostridia difficile. It's a very common infection picked up in hospitals. Another reason you don't want to visit people in the hospital unless you absolutely have to. And Clostridia... It does a number of things. One, it inflames the gut. Two, it separates the tight junctions in the gut, leading to intestinal permeability, which is that fancy term for a leaky gut. And then three, what it does is it messes up an enzyme called dopamine beta-hydroxylase. And this is an enzyme that can cause a buildup of dopamine, and it leads to aggressive behavior, rage, irritability. Like if somebody cuts you off on the highway and you want to kill that person, something's wrong. Like you're not normal you could have a clostridia infection. And I tell that on my Skype calls or my calls with my clients, I say, if somebody cuts you off on the highway, do you get really pissed off? And people laugh and they're like, yeah, why? I'm like, okay, well, look, here's your gut bugs that are causing a buildup of neurotransmitters. And look, the psychiatrist is not going to help you with their mood stabilizers and bipolar medications. It's just ridiculous. Now, if you were going to kill somebody and they gave you a prescription drug and that helped you to be more normal temporarily, is that a good thing? Sure. But is it the root cause? Absolutely not. So we're going to dive into that real, real soon. Let's talk about the sponsor real quick and then we'll get into it. All right. So our sponsor is Four Sigmatic. They actually came out with a new product that I'm excited to try. I think you should look at it and check it out and consider trying it. It's called Mushroom Lemonade 
with charcoal and chaga. Some of you are probably making a face You're like, okay, mushrooms, lemonade, charcoal, that sounds like a disgusting concoction. Uh, but in reality, it's really easy to mask some of the taste. And mushrooms are very, very mild in taste anyway. Why would you do mushrooms? Well, you can modify the immune system in significant ways. So chaga is one of the best. Chaga and reishi, those are probably the two, some people call it reishi, they call it the mushroom of immortality. These are two of the best and well-studied mushrooms. Of course, charcoal being a really good formula to help in terms of binding up toxins. This can be something great to do after a sauna session, maybe after a yoga session. I don't care when you do it, but you definitely want to take charcoal away from your supplements, away from your pharmaceutical medications if you are on any of those. But check it out. It's called Mushroom Lemonade with Charcoal and Chaga, and you can get 15% off by using my special link, which is foursigmatic.com slash Evan, and then you type in the coupon code Evan, E-V-A-N, at checkout. So get it. This is the last week of them sponsoring the show, so the discounts on any products they have will expire very soon. Let's get into the episode. Enjoy. If you want to reach out for a consult, look up my site. Just Google my name. It's evanbrand.com, E-V-A-N, last name brand, B-R-A-N-D, evanbrand.com, and you can check my availability. Okay, here we go. Hey guys, it's Dr. Justin Marcajani here with Evan Brand. Evan, how are we doing today, man? Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you, the best day of the week. Uh, we've got a short limited time, but we wanted to dive in and chat about gut infections and how this can affect mental health. We test everyone's gut. We run a stool test on everyone organic acids testing on everyone or nearly everyone as much as possible because there's a lot of different markers that conventional doctors are never going to test. Therefore, you're never going to know what's going on unless you can get these specific functional medicine testing run. And one thing that we see a lot of is clostridia. And so you and I were reviewing a little bit of the literature before we jumped on here that the clostridia bacteria Oftentimes, people are going to know about C. diff. You'll hear about Clostridia difficile or C. diff, very commonly spread in like nursing homes and hospitals. A lot of times, it's causing diarrhea. And there's actually people dying of this because it's actually become antibiotic resistant. So if you get, con if you get a conventional doctor to diagnose and treat you for C. diff, it's going to be antibiotics. But the problem is these antibiotics are working very, very minimally, you know, they're working. I don't have a statistic, but it's not often that, that they work. And then they come in with a second or a third or a fourth round of antibiotic and they still can't get rid of it. And the things that we use, whether it's silver or oregano or garlic or berberines and barberries and bearberries, there's so many different natural antibiotics out there that we can use. And people don't talk about this. So that's why we're here. To one talk of the about biggest it. things that predisposes people for C. diff, Clostridium difficile, is antibiotic exposure. I mean, I have one uh, journal article basically talking about the cumulative antibiotic exposure is the biggest risk factor for Clostridium difficile infection (CDI). So again, we know antibiotics are used kind of like candy in the conventional medical community. So you know, the big thing that we're trying to do is like number one, let's always try to do natural herbal botanicals first because number one, they have a lot of antioxidants to them. Number two, they tend to have effects that inhibit the reflux or the efflux pumps. And these efflux pumps are imagine a canoe with a hole in it, and imagine you're sitting in the canoe, you're bailing out water, right? As water comes into the hole, you're bailing out water back out into the ocean. 
that's kind of what efflux pumps do. The hole in the canoe is the antimicrobial or the antibiotics coming in, and then the efflux pumps are bailing that water out. So the benefit that we have with the efflux pumps or the benefit that we have with the natural antimicrobials is we don't have that that pail bailing out the water. We don't have the critters bailing out the water so it can take on water faster and we can essentially uh, sink the uh, canoe, so to speak. That's crazy. Well, let's chat about the brain a bit. So there's a lot of complicated uh, neurochemistry involved and we'll keep it as simple as possible. If you just Google for yourself, Clostridia brain chemistry or Clostridia HPHPA, this is something that you can find, this picture. And what happens is normally your neurotransmitters like tyrosine are supposed to get converted into dopa, then into dopamine. But what happens is when we pull up your stool test and your organic acids, if we see that you've got elevated HPHPA, that's an organic acid that'll show high on an oat test, a urine test. If you have this bacterial infection, what happens is your tyrosine doesn't get converted into the dopamine like it's supposed to because there's an enzyme. And Justin, maybe you can clear this up too if I'm, if I'm interpreting this wrong. But these Clostridia species, they create an enzyme. It's called dopamine beta hydroxylase. That causes the dopamine not to break down properly. So then all of a sudden you've got aggression and rage and irritability and schizophrenia and autism and all these other things that show up because this enzyme is cranked up due to the bacterial inf <clears throat> due to the bacterial infection. Then you have excess dopamine. Then you go crazy. Is that how you interpret that whole cycle? Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at the um, the the cycle, right? So we have phenylalanine, which basically comes from tyrosine, and then phenylalanine can go down into these various clostridium difficile metabolites. And then from there, that dopamine hydroxy, the dopamine beta hydroxylase enzyme helps convert it downstream. And then from there, it can also go into norepinephrine as well. So again, that's important because any type of gut issue can affect enzymes in the body, which can affect neurotransmitter conversion. But number two, clostridium difficile also causes a lot of digestive issues, especially diarrhea. So we know that if there's diarrhea happening, that there's a good chance that we're not going to be able to break down, assimilate, utilize, and absorb a lot of the nutrients that we're taking in our uh, body through our diet and supplementation. So that may also create more issues because then we have less building blocks. So I definitely see being a two-way street, some of these enzymes may affect optimal conversion of dopamine in the brain. Because remember, dopamine can't cross the blood-brain barrier, right? A lot of these amino acids do, and then these amino acids get converted locally in the brain. And then we also have the absorption component as well, which is really important. Yep. So if you've got mood issues, a lot of times you're going to have gut issues at the same time. When I had parasites, I had H. pylori, I had bacterial overgrowth. I didn't have C. diff luckily, but I had other species. My moods were, were not good. And even though I had done the paleo diet for a long time, 80% of symptoms were better, but I didn't get that final 20% symptom improvement until I fixed the gut. And clostridia is just one of those things that show up. You mentioned other bacterial overgrowth. A lot of times we're not going to see clostridia in a vacuum. We may see candida. We may see mold. We may see fungus or fungal toxins. We may see parasites. We may see H. pylori, which is another type of bacterial infection that suppresses stomach acid. And this thing can get out of control. So if you do have gut symptoms or you do have mood symptoms, whether it's like aggression, irritability, you feel like your fuse is shorter than it should be, of course, there's a factor in adrenals. There's a, a liver component to this. There's a thyroid component we could probably chat about. But really, 
the the take home message is you've got to get tested for this. And I, I've seen a lot of false negatives too. And maybe you can speak on this that a conventional testing that is not as sensitive as what we're using can miss these infections. Well, yeah, the speak GMF on that? testing that we use, we also look at C diff, the toxin A and the toxin B. These are various toxins produced by these critters. And if you have both of them, A and B, the, you know, that's going to be, uh, means you have a, a more virulent infection and you need to get treatment ASAP for that. But you may just have one toxin over the other, A versus B or B versus A. So that can give us a pretty good window of what's happening. And, you know, we have the Clostridium difficile species. There are other species of Clostridia as well. So on these testing, we'll see other species that are there, but we really want to look for the various toxins that are present as well, because that's going to really cause a lot of the issues. And in conventional medicine, they're typically using like vancomycin to treat it. In the natural medicine world, you know, we can use berberines, we can use antimicrobial botanicals, right? There's also specific probiotics we can use like Saccharomyces boulardii and specific lactobacillus species like the lactobacillus rhamnosus species. Now, in the probiotics that we use, like in my probioflora, right, we have the rhamnosus and the, and the lactobacillus all in there together. And we'll typically also hit it with very high dose Saccharomyces boulardii as well. But even before that, even before we get to step five in that six-hour protocol, first hour, remove bad food, second hour, replace enzymes, acids, Third R is going to be repair the gut lining and the hormones. Fourth R is removing the infection. So we work on the fourth R using a lot of the herbal botanicals to help remove the infection. Fifth R, we work on repopulation. So again, we hit it in a lot of different steps to make sure we can knock it out fully. We don't just rely on one antibiotic because we do know that one of the biggest risk, risk factors for Clostridium difficile infection is cumulative antibiotic exposure according to literature, right? Yep. Yep. Well said. Let's chat about protection a little bit. I mean, let's say that you have to go visit a friend or a family member in a nursing home or a hospital. What could you do to maybe prevent yourself from picking this up? Because this clostridia can be airborne. I mean, are you talking like I've heard some people spraying silver like around their nose, their ears, their mouth, just trying to have like a general barrier? I mean, putting on a face mask, like what do you do? How do you prevent yourself from picking this infection up or well, at least how do you reduce one, your risk? Um, a lot of it's going to be spread in the in the in the bathroom, right? Because people have a bowel movement. There's particulate. Maybe they don't flush, and they can aerosolize out of the toilet seat, right? So of course, keeping the toilet oh, seat gross. closed, those kind of things. Ideally, you know, trying to avoid a lot of public restrooms when you have to to utilize a bowel movement, or at least just make sure, um, you know, it's fully flushed, right? Fully flushed, all that stuff, and um, you do your best with that. But that's how I would say. You know what's crazy? the most of the public bathrooms, they don't have lids on their toilet seats. So you just think of all these hundreds of people going in a public bathroom. There's usually not a toilet seat. They flush it. That stuff's going everywhere. Have you seen those studies where they've used like, uh, I don't know if it was a thermal imaging camera or like a UV camera or a black light and they can see like the fecal matter is like 10 feet away from the uh, toilet. I've not have seen that. Seen I think videos? it's got to be getting better today because a lot of the um, toilets kind of flush automatically. So there is that benefit, right? As soon as someone gets yeah. off the seat, it flushes within a few seconds. So you know that's, that's better than someone just letting it sit there for a long period of time. Of course, you know physical contamination is going to be the big one. So just touching stuff and not washing your hands. I think it's good to have one of those. Um, I think it's EO 
EO makes one that you can get them at Whole Foods. They're kind of like a, a alcohol, herbal, essential oil kind of rub. You can get the spray yeah. or the gel. So I think it's good. Like once you're out, like just kind of do that, you know, use a little bit of that gel or that spray as well. Just because now you're out, you haven't touched anything and that gives you a good chance of knocking that stuff down. So I have no problem with that. That's going to help significantly. Just getting the contact component dialed in. Yeah, yeah, good advice. Because if you've got it on your hands, then maybe you scratch your nose or you touch your face or something, and then you get it into exactly. The and of course, just having a stronger immune system, right? A lot of these things happen when you're immunocompromised. So when you have poor diet, when you have poor stress, when you have poor sleep, when you already have a compromised gut issue, these things can happen. So they very rarely happen just out of isolation. Um, you may have other infections, and then the C diff becomes an issue. You may have other infections that came about because of chronic antibiotic use because antibiotics then cause rebound overgrowth as well. Or if you're using antibiotics to treat, I don't know, like an H. pylori infection, you're doing triple therapy, right? A lot of the other um, things that are also used outside of ankylmyosin are going to be proton pump inhibitors, right? But what does that create? Low stomach acid environment, that's going to set you up to not break down proteins, be able to break down fats and ionize minerals. So that creates more problems down the road, right? Yeah, well said. So if you're on an acid blocker, this conversation should perk your ears up a little bit. Pay attention because you're at a higher risk for these infections. We see it every single week between us both. We've seen thousands and thousands of gut bugs. So uh, acid blockers or uh, also birth control pills too. We know that can affect the gut microbiome a bit and also um, yeast infections too. So if women have had yeast infections, they're going to get put on like a Diflucan or a Nystatin or some other pharmaceutical that could also change the microbial balance and you get clostridia that way. So basically any intervention that's knocked out the good guys. 100%. And just stay out of hospitals. Really just stay out of, you know, conventional hospitals. I mean, if your family member really gets sick and you have to go totally get it. Right. But if you have the ability to wait till someone's out of the hospital, wait till they're out. Yeah, I mean, my wife, um, her mom was in the hospital, uh, what was it, maybe a month ago. She had a lung nodule. They couldn't figure out if it was cancerous or not, so they just took her in anyway and did like a lung nodule surgery. And my wife wanted to go into the hospital, but I was like, with the baby, we just can't chance it. So she told her mom, hey, look, we're just going to wait it out. And it only took an extra day or two for her to get home. Nobody's feelings were hurt, and she still got to visit her outside of the hospital environment. I mean, the last thing we wanted was my wife bringing home some type of bug and getting the baby sick. Oh, totally. You know? And so if someone's in the hospital because of you know severe reasons, right, of course you want to go, right? But if it's not like a severe life and death kind of thing, you know, try to utilize face FaceTime or Skype on your smartphone. That's a good way of connecting because that's the biggest thing is being in hospitals and getting antibiotic exposure. And guess what? Guess who the people that get the most antibiotic exposure are? They're in hospitals, right? They're in hospitals. Who? Right? I mean, that's, these, these are the people oh, that are yeah, sick and yeah, they're coming sure. into the ER or coming in, right? Because the more chronically they're coming in, typically more antibiotics are prescribed because, well, that's really the biggest thing that, you know, conventional medicine has are people that are sick, Right. I know IVs too, IV antibiotics. I mean, that's just, I can't believe how often that's dispensed and distributed. 100%. It's kind of scary. So in general, like we look at this from a functional medicine perspective, we can kind of like zoom in on one type of thing here, which is C. diff. But when we, we're looking at things, we're looking at the whole picture. So C. diff may be a part of your clinical picture if you have diarrhea or digestive issues or have leaky gut. So you may be saying, is C. diff an issue? It may be, but it may also be a combination of C. diff, H. pylori, and blastos this is hominous. So you, everyone has the right to have more than one issue going on at the same time. 
So just kind of keep that, you know, in the back of your head. Agreed. A lot of these issues aren't binary. They aren't on off, you know, one or the other. You can have multiple different things happening. And of course, the longer these gut issues are present, the more there's a, an absorption or a bottleneck of nutrients getting into your system. That's going to affect your neurotransmitters. That's going to affect your adrenals. Also potentially affect your thyroid if you're not maximally absorbing selenium or iodine or copper. And then we know with the whole um, – with the whole neurotransmitter thing in dopamine, right? We look at the HPHPA, B6 is very important for dopamine metabolism. And if we have dysbiotic bacterial overgrowth, that internal production of B vitamins is going to be down and we may not quite be able to absorb the B vitamins in our diet, partly because of the increased transit time, right? When there's toxicity and inflammation in the gut, your colon and your intestines soak up a lot of water. Why? It's doing it to dilute the, the infectious debris so it can flush it out. It's diluting it and then flushing it out. But what also gets diluted and flushed out is also going to be all of these micronutrients that are in your intestines that may have not had enough time to assimilate, as, absorb, and be utilized yet. Yep. Well said. And then we'll give a mention here to fecal transplants. I mean, this is still kind of an ex, uh, it, I would say experiment slash ex, uh, I can't even yeah. say the word, Justin. Mm -hmm. What is it? Experimental therapy. Um, because I'm seeing people that are getting fecal transplants and there is cool literature that after one, if not two, maybe three at the most fecal transplants where you're taking stool from a donor that does not have C. diff, you're transplanting that with a capsule of usually like a very, very deep frozen stool, very, very cold frozen stool in a capsule form. The C. diff infected patient swallows that. Then within one, two, or at the most three fecal transplants, the success rate is over 95% of curing C. diff. The only thing is I'm having people that are saying they're getting personality changes and that they're starting to have a different preference for music and that they're craving fast food when they never craved fast food and that they've gained weight or they've lost weight because we're finding out that these gut bacteria are very unique. And you could take somebody's gut bacteria from an obese person that doesn't have C. diff, put it into your you who's a skinny person, and all of a sudden you get obese. And it's because you took someone else's microbiome and put it into your gut. So I think it's a absolute last resort. And a lot of the antimicrobials and protocols that you and I use for parasites and other bugs, we're going to kill C. diff in the process of that. So if that were unsuccessful, maybe fecal transplants necessary, but man, I don't really want to change my personality or become obese because I took my bacteria from someone that that had a, a personality that I didn't like or something. I mean, that's yeah, just again, sounds, when you do a fecal implant, you know, it, it's going to have effects that aren't going to be potentially forever because when you put bacteria in your gut, it tends to be more transient and pass through, you know, kind of the microbiome that you have in the beginning is kind of what you have. You okay. can influence it and nudge it in the direction. And a lot of these things tend to be more transient. That's why, you know, you can't just take a probiotic once and then get the benefit forever. You're taking it, but then you're also maybe getting fermented foods in your diet, those kind of things to alter it. Maybe you're taking some probiotics, a bottle of it every quarter or so once you're doing really well and you're getting fermented food in daily. But again, I look at like a fecal implant as kind of like a palliative thing. So if I'm seeing an improvement with symptoms yeah. and we're able to knock the infection down without having to do a whole bunch of antibiotics, I think it's beneficial. My thing is if you have C. diff and a whole bunch of other infections and you're still eating poorly or you have other food allergens in there that are causing leaky gut, I see the fecal transplant is kind of like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, so to speak. It's just not quite fixing the root cause. 
better than antibiotics in my opinion. So we'll have to just keep an eye on it and see how these things are are looking in the literature. It's the same thing with a lot of these docs that are using the helminth or worm therapy, right? Um, they're using worms and stuff to kind of modulate the immune system. I see a lot of that as being palliative, right? If not, we'd see people in third world countries that have lots of parasitic infections and worms, you know, have super robust health, right? Obviously, they're also malnourished and have really poor water supply, but I can't imagine an infection driving and improving someone's health. I, I just, that, for me, I just have a hard time wrapping my head around it. I think it can push the immune system in one way or the other. And because let's say your immune system was on this side, maybe more TH2, and now you push it more TH1 by giving a helmet or a worm, that that can shift the immune system more to equilibrium and you feel better. I don't think it's still the root cause, but I, in my mind, I always like kind of look at things. Okay. We have palliative therapies that just fix symptoms. And then we have palliative therapies that are more natural with less side effects, right? Like, so like think of a headache, right? Palliative for headache. What's that? Magnesium, curcumin, right? Well, palliative that's natural with less side effects. Curcumin, uh, magnesium, B6, right? Various, you know, rosemary, ginger, like natural palliative things without side effects. And then the other side, we have ibuprofen that kills 20,000 people a year taken properly. So I look at like palliative and then what's the risk reward on those palliative things. So I kind of put the fecal transplant more on the safer side versus like some of these other medications that kill many people taken properly. So we got a palliative safe, palliative unsafe risk reward and then also what's the root cause so in functional medicine we always delineate all three of those yep well said well said uh i think we could probably make this conversation longer but since we're out of time today i think that was sufficient you've got to get the diet dialed in when we're talking to you guys we're always assuming you're following something like a paleo template organic pasture raised meats organic veggies high quality berries maybe some nuts and seeds if you're not on an aip diet and you can tolerate those you're getting to bed on time you're getting up with the sun you're getting exercise adequate hydration no sodas no you know fake fructose in the diet you're not skipping meals you're getting your adrenals checked out, your thyroid, and then you're jumping into this conversation. So that's all the prerequisites required to, to have on board before you really start diving into a gut protocol. So uh, if you want to learn more, we've got hundreds of hours of content on this. Keep looking around. Go on Justin's site, his personal site and blog, where you can also sign up for functional medicine consults. That's Justin Health. Dot com And if you'd like to reach out, schedule a consult with me, you could do the same thing at evanbrand.com. And make sure you hit subscribe on Justin's channel here. Keep the tribe growing and hit the bell. You'll get the notifications. And we're going to be back with you guys next Monday. Absolutely. And just remember, top so symptoms for, for C. diff are going to be watery diarrhea, fever, loss of appetite. Uh, belly pain, nausea. These are all symptoms of other kind of infections too. So, you know, it's easy for people to, to read about one thing and say, this is me, right? You see it a lot with Lyme, Lyme disease, those kind of things. So you keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, washing with hands and soap <clears throat> tends to be more effective than just using alcohol. Keep that in the back of your mind. If you're visiting someone in the hospital, you know, wear the full gown, get up. You know, that's the same kind of gown that they would wear. People have MRSA, wear that get up as well. So if you're going to see someone, you know, that's an extra, extra level of protection as well on top of that. Anything else you want to add there, Evan? 
I think that's it. Get yourself tested. Like I said, reach out to one of us if you need to get some functional medicine stool testing or organic acids testing done. We look for this. We see it thousands of times a year, but there are natural solutions. So Absolutely. Keep digging, and then anyone that's up, asking we'll questions here, try to week. keep it on topic. If you're going off the deep end and talking about things that we're not chatting about, save that for my daily FAQs. Um, that way I can answer you there. I may do one today. So look, I'll try to put it up in the YouTube queue so you guys can be aware of it. And someone writes in about eosinophilic gas gastroenteritis that could either be from severe food allergies or from other parasites. Allergies and parasites can increase eosinophils. So keep that in the back of your mind. Hey, Evan, phenomenal chat today. We'll be right back here. I'm going to do a video in a bit. I'll post it up on YouTube later on today, and I may be back later on for a live FAQ. So stay tuned. If not, Friday mornings are going to be when I do that, but look later on today. Evan, phenomenal chat, man. We'll talk real soon. Have a great Monday. Bye. Take care. Bye. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that one. It's definitely interesting, right, how the gut can affect the brain and nobody talks about it, you know. I'm not going to get too political, uh, but let's just say that when people blame weapons for issues, uh, we should probably be talking about mental health. We should probably be talking about gut health. Uh, You know, it's kind of like, okay, if I hit you over the head with a hammer, are you going to blame me or are you going to blame the hammer? So, Should Home Depot remove all of the hammers from the store? Will that fix people from hitting other people in the head with things? Or will people then just go for the bats or go for the broomstick instead? I don't know. And I don't claim to have all the answers. I don't want to have all the answers. I do not have all the answers, trust me. But I just want to say, look, we've got a mental health crisis. Not only is it in America. I mean, this is a worldwide phenomenon. I deal with clients worldwide. The levels of depression and anxiety and anger and irritability are epidemic in nearly every country and clients that I speak with, South Africa, South America, Australia, Europe, all across Europe, uh, Russia, I mean, you name it. Any place that I've worked with a client, let me tell you, it's the same. The same level of mental health and disparity and things are going on. And this is due to the American diet spreading and processed foods and sugars and obviously the infections. I mean, so many people, I would say honestly 75%, if not more, of the clients that come to me, you guys have already done all the hard work, which is good because then you can allow me to save my breath. You've already done the paleo template. You've already done the autoimmune template. You've already been to 10 or 20 practitioners before you get to me. So that's great because then all the low-hanging fruit has already been addressed and now we dive into the deep stuff. We're looking into mitochondrial dysfunction. We're looking into these different uh, environmental toxins, things that are affecting mitochondrial function, therefore leading to fatigue and uh, mental exhaustion and such. And then, of course, the gut piece. I mean, the gut piece is huge. You cannot ignore it. So parasites, bacteria, yeast, fungi, worms. I mean, there's five, six different categories of bugs that you can have in your gut. And the infection rate is very high. It's 30 to 40% of my clients, if not more, have some level of parasites or worms. And then 75% or more of those clients have candida overgrowth. Uh, My candida summit is coming up very fast. It's going to be launching July 9th. I don't want you to register too soon and get bored and forget about it. But hey, if you're a go-getter and you love listening to the content I produce, then go register now. It's for free. Just go to candidasummit.com and you can register for free. There's 30 expert talks. Justin's on there. He also interviewed me. I think my talk is going to be killer. You'll really enjoy it. And of course, we've got, what's that, 28 other expert talks. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you really get a lot out of it. In the meantime, if you want to schedule a consult... You already know how to do it, but I'm going to tell you again, just in case you need help and your brain's not working very good and your brain fog because maybe you have candida in your gut. So how you do it, you go to my website, 
evanbrand.com. And you'll click the make an appointment button. You can view my calendar. If you want to set up a 15 minute free call with my staff, who is Megan, my nutritional therapist and new client coordinator, you can do that. So you can chat with her for 15 minutes, present your case to her. She'll let you know whether you're a good fit or not. If you're like, Hey, look, I just need help. I got to get working on this right away. Then you can skip that and you can just go straight into a paid call with me. Either way, the information's on the website. So evanbrand.com, check it out. Thanks so much. Love all you guys. Thanks for the support. Uh, I posted it on my Instagram about my daughter. I posted a little cute picture of her and my wife. So if you want to go stalk me there, you sure can. Take care. Talk next week. Bye. He acts like it's all good. Yeah, like everything's cool. Kiss a girl and I never leaves her. She doesn't have a clue that he's terrible blues. Why I'm in a tie, I got to watch out, girl. Don't want to see her by her eyes out, girl. Cause I've been watching, you've been hurt.